This is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley and the Paladin Financial Team. Basically, the more accounts you have, the more opportunities there are for mistakes. So taking control of your assets may help you to avoid some of those common mistakes that investors make. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here's Paladin Financial Talk. Okay, Tony, give me a break. Well, how about a tax break, Jeff? I'll take that. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Paladin Financial Talk. This is Jeff Foley and with me, Mr. Tony Shore. If you're watching this on video, you can see that plainly labeled underneath Tony's beautiful, shiny face. How are you, Tony? I'm doing great, Jeff. Thanks for asking. I've had an amazing week. It's been really busy, though. Um, I'm sure you're busy as well. Uh, this is I know you're busy year round, but I think this is the season when everybody tries to get their ducks in a row, starts thinking more about, you know, money, basically, with kids going back to school and, uh, you know, the summer passed us, you're done traveling, you spent all that money over the summer on summer vacations, now you're like, whoa, I need a budget, I need a plan. Yep. Gear shift. It's a kind of a different set of chaos um, compared to summer with kids, and that actually kicks off this whole month. We're going to be talking about kids uh, from a financial perspective, actually. So we're going to sure there'll be several uh, podcasts here. We'll be talking about this here over the next month and from a financial perspective. But we thought, it, yeah, it'd be appropriate based on back to school timing and uh, student loan repayments. As we know, that's kicking up here again pretty soon. And the Biden administration is trying to a plan B or C or D to, to kind of backdoor a few things there to get some payments waived for people. So stay tuned on that. But today we're going to talk about kids and taxes. The two go very much hand in hand. There's two uh, topics that people can be very passionate about. Kids, of course, and yeah. taxes. Everybody loves to hate taxes. So love your kids, <laughs> hate the taxes. Sometimes I Sometimes I love my kids almost as much as I love taxes, Jeff. <laughs> Odd, but okay. That'll work. That'll work. <laughs> but yeah, two two topics people are, uh, not too many things people are more passionate about. Maybe religion and politics uh, rival that. But uh, So five areas of focus we're going to talk about today as far as how kids can be um, a potential tax break for people. And these are in somewhat chronological order. The first one we're going to talk about is adoption which might apply to some people listening, child tax credit. Uh, we have dependent care savings accounts, which is something I don't think we've talked about in quite some time on the show. No. Number four is 529 plans or other savings vehicles. And we're going to have an episode where we dig into more detail about 529s that we'll get into today. And then number five, if you have a business looking at potentially hiring your kids to do something around the office or whatever your business is, so those are our five areas we're going to talk about today, kids and taxes. So are we ready what to What is in? your tax plan? What is your tax plan, <laughs> Jeff? Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I have three kids in college right now, uh, so there's that. 
<laughs> so this I'm I'm interested to hear what we have to say today because uh, and of course those for young there's different tax benefits it depends on how old your kids are too adult children are like I have are one thing and there are certain tax uh, benefits and uh, disadvantages but younger kids especially uh, I know apply to some of these categories we're talking about so yep. yeah so three kids in college they'll be eating ramen noodles and you'll be eating ramen noodles so right out with the pizza in with the ramen Tony sure um, so yeah adoption adoption fees can be calculated into your tax bill in terms of a tax credit so that's the first area we're going to dig into and since it's a tax credit it's a dollar for dollar reduction of your taxes, right? My wife and I know firsthand we adopted our youngest daughter, Anna, from Guatemala, and we got a really large tax credit, and that was very beneficial, and it was dollar for dollar. Yep, it is dollar for dollar, and in 2023, that maximum amount, it's a little short of 16000 so 5950 wow. so not, um, not a minor amount, but adoption can be pretty expensive as well. I think ours was ten or ten thousand or something, uh, right in there. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then you have expenses; they have to be incurred in the same tax year that you adopted the the child for those to account uh, towards that tax credit. And that can include items such as court and agency fees, foster care uh, before adoption, travel expenses, and uh, you know a whole host of different things that can apply to that. So if you're considering adopting or you've adopted, make sure that you're aware of the tax credit. And most agencies that are working with people on that are going to make them aware of that as well. I don't know if that was your experience. It was. Uh, but also, um, my wife actually worked in that field for a while. And I know international adoption, you have no problem running up enough expenses yeah. to get the max tax credit uh, with travel, especially if it's international and all the legal fees. Uh, it's very expensive. So Yeah, certainly. Um, the next area, the tax opportunity is the child tax credit, which a lot of people are familiar with. But when a baby is born, you're eligible for a credit for your child. And in 2023, that is worth up to $2,000 per qualifying dependent. And they have to be under the age of 17. And again, that's a tax credit. So you're able to subtract from your tax bill $2,000 for every dependent uh, who's under that age. Uh, so it'd be under 18. So 17 would be included. So first, you do not have to show expenses on this one like you do with the adoption credit. Uh, so you want to be aware of that. It makes it a little bit easier to qualify for that. And 400 of the dollar of the dollars of that credit is non-refundable, meaning it can only bring your tax bill down to zero, but you're not going to get money back as a result of that. The other 1600 is refundable. So you want to be aware of how that actually works. Don't be expecting the full $2,000 uh, in your bank account when you when you file your return. Sure. So now I know you and Nikki have two young children, uh, but is it true, Jeff, that you're planning on having 10 children just for the child tax credits? Absolutely. Yep. It's part of our financial plan. Yes. <laughs> go, go big or go home. We have the, uh, the bus on order. <laughs> sure. Yeah, like the Partridge family. That's it's the right. Foley family. You could do your own sitcom. Hey, and if you have a bus, you have to have a band. So um, not very <laughs> musically <laughs> talented, nor is Nikki. But please, please no singing, Jeff. <laughs> you, could, you could be part. We could adopt you, maybe. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> we'll make that work somehow. 
Uh, the next uh, tax saving opportunity is the dependent care savings account. And again, this is not one a lot of people are aware of, or I would say by and large are not taking advantage of. Mm. So daycare, not so cheap. So you want to be aware of this one. So, yeah, in fact, you know, my kids are all older and out of the house, as you know, Jeff, but I, I will, uh, tell you that I do remember it's very expensive uh, and it scared me. I mean, a lot of uh, people I know who are young couples and have new children, uh, they weigh one per, if they both work, they weigh, Hey, how much do you earn versus how much does daycare cost? Uh, it's actually a lot of people say you just work. I'll stay home with the kid and we'll actually save money or break even. So, uh, but there are uh, accounts I know my wife and I utilize the dependent care savings accounts. Yes, and most um, places, employers that have an FSA provider, that dependent care flexible savings account is paired up with that. Usually that same provider is, is making that easy for people to take advantage of that. Yep. You're going to hear these under different names, but if you look up dependent care savings account or contact your company, there's going to be something similarly named to that. Um, and enrollment in that, you don't have to have an FSA in place in order to take advantage of that. So this allows you to put up to $5,000 a year per household. So not per kid, but per household. And if you're married filing sing single, that drops down to 2,500. So you want to be aware of that, but that's tax-free money. So it's carved out of your paycheck, pre-tax gets you a tax deduction. And if you're paying 30% in taxes, that's pretty significant benefit yeah. there. So your tax savings are based on your, your marginal, uh, state and federal tax rates. So using that 30% example, if you're paying, you know, 22 in federal and 8% in state, that's how that would work out. And so that savings is going to be personalized to you. And the funds that are in the account have to be used in the same calendar year and same plan yeah. year. So it's similar to an HSA from that perspective, whereas an FSA, you can roll the funds over from year to year. No, uh, opposite. With an HSA, you can roll the funds oh, sorry, over. Yes, yes correct. Uh, yes, opposite. Yes. Uh, yeah. I was sure you're paying and attention with, there, With Tony. an FSA, you <laughs> cannot. And basically, it was part of our FSA where I work, where we utilized that daycare through the FSA, but you can set aside five grand, but you have to make sure you use it. But again, like adoption, as you can let our listeners know with two young children, uh, you will use five grand a year in daycare. That's yeah, not going to be tough. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. So great <laughs> point. Again, HSA, that's the money you can build that up forever. And we have some people that they save that money up for decades and they're yeah. taking that out in retirement income tax-free for qualifying expenses. Sure. Uh, whereas the FSA, you have to clear that out each year. So yep. something to be aware of, but that is a, a great savings opportunity for a lot of people and many aren't aware, aware of that. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's really important. So uh, daycare is huge. It's going to be expensive. Yep, exactly. And so expenses that you can utilize for this, they're daycare, before and after school care, uh, babysitting camps inc are included in that as well up until age 13. Wow. So there's a lot of I didn't know that. Yeah. A lot of opportunities to, to, uh, utilize those funds. So to redeem parents have to retain their receipts and yep. you basically upload that to the provider and then you're reimbursed for that after they clear that process to make sure the receipts are legitimate. So again, up to $5,000 a year. 
Yeah. Yeah. We always did that. And we were really good about saving those receipts, uploading them. It works great. Actually, it's worth it. Yeah. Good. Uh, the next area we'll talk about is five to nine plans, which we've covered a lot in the, in the show in bits and pieces, uh, over the last couple of years, but we have a show coming up. We're going to dig into those in more detail. Good. So five to nine plans are a great opportunity. Yeah, they're huge. I know we've utilized them for our kids, as you know. So, yep. Yep. So this is a way anyone could be a grandparent, could be a parent, whoever it might be that you can set up and set aside funds and put money into that. There's a lifetime contribution limit. There's not an annual contribution limit uh, that you could put into those. And it's a pretty high lifetime number. I think it's around 250000 the last I looked. So most people usually aren't putting away that much money for those. Uh, but the money that you put into that, it can grow tax deferred and the money comes out tax free as long as it's used for qualifying expenses along the way. So right. tax deductions on the front end when you put money into that, honestly, that's not a reason to do that. It's pretty nominal. I think in Minnesota, it's around maybe $250, $300, somewhere in that range is the maximum tax benefit you can get if mm. you're contributing to certain plans. Uh, So that's not going to move the needle significantly. It's more the tax deferred growth and the money coming out income tax free later on down the road. So you want to be aware of that. Uh, When you pull that money out, each state, again, is a little bit different um, on how that's going to be treated. But a big change was made a few years ago where 529 plans, it used to be it was only for higher education expenses. Now those can be used up K through 12. Uh, up to $10,000 a year. So that's beneficial as well. And uh, we've talked a couple times now about the Secure Act 2.0 that passed at the end of last year. And that made a a nice enhancement that kicks in starting in 2024. One of the fears that people have with 529 plans is I put money away for years and years and years. My kid either never goes to college or they get a full ride and there aren't any college expenses to speak of um, that I've quote unquote, wasted that money. Well, one of the things you're able to start doing next year is over time, move that money out of that Roth, uh, excuse me, that 529 plan into a Roth IRA and use that to fund your Roth IRA throughout the years. And there's a maximum lifetime limit of that of $35,000 that you would spread that out. And it has to have been in the beneficiary's name, the 529 beneficiary's name for at least 15 years. So that covers a lot of, uh, backdoor, you know, creative planning. Some people might have done this. It's in your kid's name, for example, for 15 years, you don't use it. Then you can start converting that into your Roth IRA over time. Yeah, that's huge. I did not know that aspect uh, was changing and that's really handy because as you know, one of my kids got a scholarship. So we may have a little left in their account when they're through with college and they could uh, roll that into the Roth IRA. Yep. Uh, you're hopefully none of your kids are listening to this. You could reassign that unused money into another kid's five to nine plan as an option. Oh yeah. That's, that's what we'll end up doing. Yep. And <laughs> you all say, sure. <laughs> Shh, don't uh, tell Allison. No one, no one out there. Tell my daughter, Allison, that we're going to give it to Anna. <laughs> Um, and then you have, if you're going to move that money in, into funding a Roth IRA, you have to have earned income. So if you're retired, you can't use that Roth IRA. You have to have earned income, but that's up to $6,500 a year. If you're under age 50 (laughs) 
and in the year you're turned 50 or older, that bumps up to $7,500. So again, that's a nice benefit for people that are concerned about the risk with 529 plans. Yeah, that way you don't uh, use it or lose it, right? Yep. Definitely. Yeah, that's nice. Yep. Um, the fifth area, the last area we'll look at is hiring your kids. And obviously this would only apply to someone who's a business owner and can take wait, advantage of it. Wait, stop right there, Jeff. Stop <laughs> right there. Uh, I thought you were really, uh, strict about not working with family. Haven't you told me, oh, haven't gosh. you said on the show before <laughs> that working with family is a really bad idea? I said that offline, but you know, oh. now that it's out there, <laughs> I thought maybe since Nikki wasn't on the show with us today, you <laughs> might admit to that. Five two nine uh, leap there. I mean, <laughs> Um, so yeah, for those that aren't familiar, Nikki and I work together and Nikki's brother, Matt. So my brother-in-law is also an advisor with our firm as well. So no, it's good. Family. Your, your whole firm is like a family though. It doesn't matter if you're, um, related by blood or not. You guys have a real family atmosphere at Paladin. So I think that's great. And you and Nikki have worked together for years and years and, uh, you really can make it work. And so I like to give you a hard time about it though. Yeah. Um, so hiring your kids, once your child is at least seven years old, you own a business, you can hire them for age appropriate tasks. So you don't want to ever, if this is under the seven, seven years (laughs) old, yeah. Um, if you're under the, the light of an IRS audit, you want to make sure you're not claiming that your nine year old kid is preparing financial reports or anything like that, (laughs) Um, reallocating portfolios for clients and so forth. No, we don't do that. So yeah, keep Jackson Lex away from my portfolio for now, Jeff. For now, for now, for now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's some opportunities there. Um. I've heard of people that doing modeling, pay their kids modeling fees, where their oh, wow. kids' okay. pictures are on the website and the sure. company brochure or the business card or whatever. Uh, they pay their kids a modeling fee, and you have to be able to support. How did I come up with that fee? What's an average child model make and do some research on that, but it's not, uh, an inappropriate thing to do. So hiring your kids can be a tax benefit, uh, and it can be, uh, beneficial in many ways. It can help you create a succession plan if you own your own business for our listeners out there who do that. So I'm glad you brought this up. That's one I would have never thought of or looked at that angle. Uh, but Hey, as they get older, they can be responsible for things like, the company's social media or things that are of interest to them, like making videos or helping out with an event, um, you know, DJing an event. Some of us are older and we still DJ events, but, uh, the young kids might like that. Eventually I'll be replaced. I'm sure by one of your children as co-host of the show, (laughs) you're just like, hurry up, get that voice. When that voice finally comes in, we can finally boot Tony to the curb. Right. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no. There's only one Tony. Only one Tony. That's true. Um, but yeah, we had a, a an event here recently. Our kids, we could have paid them to, um, you know, clean up or take pictures a little bit young yet for, you know, a couple of those things. But sure. so just be creative, but reasonable about that. And there are different ways that you can compensate your kid. Uh, one is through a salary or hourly work. And um, you could put that money into an account. You could potentially pay them actually pay them a salary or you could have that money funnel back into some type of a retirement account, uh, like a Roth IRA, for example. 
and uh, you could use the the income that they create to help pay for school expenses or camps or whatever you want to be. So they're learning the art of budgeting is I'm making this money. How am I going to spend that? How am I going to invest it, save it and so forth and uh, let them in on how that all works. Is, you is, could pay uh, Jax, but he would want you to invest all his money into an ice cream truck. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> 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 we were, uh, we had the opportunity. We went to Disney here a week and a half ago or so. And oh, wow. Walking through Disney and Jax asked me who owns Disney. And I looked at him and I said, you do. <laughs> Cause he owns some, uh, some Disney sure. some stocks that we bought. So, uh, but yeah, Seeing the light bulbs go off with kids and having conversations with them, I think, is really important. But a number of variables to think about with this. Miners who make less than 12950 nice round number for everyone, aren't required to file an income tax return. But you might encourage that, depending on the situation, to have those taxes taken out and they might be eligible for a refund. Uh, For an added bonus, those who have a sole proprietorship, a Schedule C type of business, do not have to pay payroll taxes on the child's earnings, which is nice as well. And up until age 18, kids may not need to have taxes taken out for Social Security or Medicare out of their paycheck, depending, again, how that business is organized. So there are different moving parts you want to consider with this. And do you have a retirement plan in your business? So work with a taxpayer, CPA. Uh, if you're working with us, um, we can help you to navigate some of these things as wow. well. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, this is great. I, I like uh, this angle and this is a great illustration of why our, our listeners out there need to be working with somebody like yourself, Jeff, because uh, you can be forward thinking and look at all the different aspects. And uh, that's really neat. Uh, it's interesting getting the family involved in a business if you own a business. But when you mentioned uh, your son said to you, who owns Disneyland? And you said you do. His response should have been, well, then why did we have to pay to get in here? That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, I didn't tell him he owns the... Uh, yeah, he owns the, piquito. Yeah, a little, piquito. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So working with a good team of professionals, I think, you know, and using this tax example... Tax people know certain areas of the tax world. There are tax people that don't know certain areas of the tax world. Same thing in the investment universe. I'm not the guy or we're not the firm to talk to about, you know, private placements and a lot of, you know, different uh, highly illiquid, you know, really risky investments. They might have their place. It's just not something that we do. But if you're partnering with a good team that understands uh, different opportunities, they can tap in other professionals to make sure you're taking advantage of some of these opportunities. You want to think through those. And that's part of what we do is we're, we're providing comprehensive financial planning. Uh, we don't do tax preparation, but we're going to coordinate with a CPA or tax preparer to make sure some of these things are thought through for our clients. Um, the other thing that we want to think about too, I mentioned retirement plan at work, but if they, if you're establishing again, a, a Roth IRA, for example, uh, they can put up to $6,500 a year into that. So the earnings that they're creating, that could be used to fund a Roth IRA as well. Wow. Well, that's really cool. And I think that's great. And uh, I know a lot of uh, you know college-age kids, because they're taking courses now on finances and didn't really get that in high school or probably from their parents, uh, more and more of my uh, daughter's friends are starting Roths. 
yeah. uh, at a younger age. And uh, I just think, wow, had I, I wish I had started a Roth IRA when I was in my 20s. Yeah, it makes a huge difference, the time value of money and letting yeah. it compound and build up over time. Oh, but yeah. Equally as powerful as the mindset and having them involved in that at a young age to where they start to learn how does money work and they create good habits over time. And that can be pretty impactful. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine having your parents uh, hire you to do certain tasks at their work or get you certain jobs and then you start a Roth IRA even before, well, you're still in school uh, mm-hmm. before college even. I mean, that's huge for yep. those kids. Yep. Gift that keeps on giving. So a lot of yep. great ideas to think about. Again, here over the next month, we're going to be digging into talking about kids from different perspectives financially and spend more time on some of the topics we've gotten into here today. But encourage everyone Uh, If you're listening to this through whatever podcast service that you listen to podcasts, take a moment, subscribe to our show. If you haven't already, give us a a rating. We would truly appreciate that. We want to have the opportunity, more people to learn about the podcast and also check us out on YouTube. So we have a YouTube channel, Paladin Financial, and you can watch the show there in addition to other things that we post. And of course, follow us on uh, the various social medias as well. So we hope this was helpful for you this week, give you some ideas to consider and have a a great rest of the week. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. This was a great show and listeners. Thanks for tuning in. That does it for today's episode of Paladin Financial Talk with our host, Jeff Bowden. Thank you for listening to Paladin Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jeff Foley at Paladin Financial. Call 877-219-3199 or visit their website at financialpaladin.com. Advisory services offered through Paladin Wealth LLC, a Minnesota registered investment advisor. Paladin Wealth LLC offers advisory services under the DBA Paladin Financial and Paladin Wealth. Insurance products and services offered through Paladin Insurance LLC. Paladin Wealth LLC and Paladin Insurance LLC are affiliated companies. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. We are not affiliated with or enforced by the Social Security Administration, the Federal Medicare Program, or any other government agency. Calling this number will direct you to a licensed sales agent.